What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. How's it going, guys? Jared Lobos back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. If you're new to the Dad Tired Podcast, welcome. So glad that you stumbled upon the uh, show. Uh, Dad Tired is a community of men from around the world who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. Uh, what we're trying to do is equip men to lead their family well. Uh, we've got a lot of guys who uh, just grew up without dads. There's a bunch of us, like 25 to 40-year-old men who are trying our best to be the best dads and husbands that we can be. And many of us didn't have our dads growing up. We either uh, He was either gone, like he either bailed on our family, or he uh, was there, but he was just totally absent. And so for many of us, we're trying our best to like be the best husbands and fathers that we can possibly be. And yet we had no example of what that actually looked like. And so we're stumbling our way through fatherhood. We're stumbling our way through marriage, but we're committed. We're totally like we're in it. We're it's messy. We're messing up. We don't really know what we're doing, but we're in it. And that's what dad tired is a bunch of dudes, like all who can all relate to that message and say, yeah, I, that's me. Um, so we would love to have you come be part of that. You can do that. You can come be part of our like our community of guys by the best way to do that is by going to dadtire.com clicking the community tab that will link you over to a closed group that we have on Facebook with literally thousands of guys from around the world who resonate with that message so come hang out with us um, that's the best way to get connected I'm always on there so if you've got questions or you just want to bounce ideas off or if you've got prayer requests or you want to share something whatever you found some good resources whatever that's the best place to do it uh, for those of you that have been listening for a long time thank you I'm so grateful that you, you listen each week um, as you know I took all of December off. I went into the holiday season, honestly, like drained. You probably sensed it in my voice <laughs> and in my demeanor as, uh, as I recorded some of those last podcasts in November, moving into December. I traveled a lot last year, or I guess this year it's December 31st right now, but you'll be listening to this in 2018, baby. Uh, but I, just, I was traveling a bunch. I was just super busy and uh, I, I was physically tired, but even more than that, like I was spiritually tired. I was emotionally tired. I was, uh, I was just like emotionally and spiritually tired and exhausted. And so I took the month of December off really hoping that God would kind of rejuvenate my spirit. I just got back from Nicaragua, which is probably why you can hear some raspiness in my voice. I was convinced I caught malaria, but I just caught a cold. I was a baby. I was like, I'm going to die. But my wife's like, suck it up, dude you've got a cold. So I'm not dead. Uh, I just had a cold. I'm recovering from that, which is why my voice is all raspy. But I just got back from Nicaragua, man. And God like recaptured my heart there. I was with a bunch of pastors who are um, living in these remote villages and they're, they're doing, they just got the Bible translated into their language and they're doing their best to like lead their people towards Jesus with the very few resources they have. They don't even have electricity or running water. And they're just like faithful men of God. And God used that trip last week as I was in Nicaragua and to really re just like refresh my heart, dude, and like stir a new fire in my heart for him. So I'm feeling good. I feel rested, uh, just both physically and again, like spiritually rested. Like my soul feels good, man. I've been reading the Bible every day with my wife for the last uh, week or so. We've just been like, we haven't done that. Um, 
uh, for <laughs> it's embarrassing, but like actually sitting down together, reading the Bible, the same passages of scripture, um, every day we have not done. And so it's our goal for all of 2018 to actually read the Bible every day together. We want to get through the entire Bible together. Um, not just on our own, but we want to, we want to like pursue God together. And that dude, that's been so good. Uh, even just like the last week or so, just being with my wife after being gone quite a bit and being in the war together and like seeking Jesus together, Dude, it's been really, really good. If you if you haven't done that or you're not doing that, make it a goal for this year. Uh, sit down and read the Bible with your wife, man. Uh, seek Jesus together. Um, seek the heart of the Lord together with your wife. It's so good. It, what it will do for your wife, what, what it'll do for your marriage and your relationship with God is just going to do wonders. So I highly encourage that. Um, anyway, dude, so I'm just, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like encouraged. My soul feels good. I was like so anxious. I was like kicking my family out of the house. Like you guys need to leave. I need to record a podcast. Uh, in many ways, I always know it, it feels weird because I'm looking at a computer computer screen, but I, I see your faces. Like, uh, I know you're part of the dad tired community on Facebook. And so I, I can picture your faces, even as I'm recording this by myself in my room, I can picture, uh, each of you. And I don't want to like drop names here. Uh, although that might be cool. Uh, but I, 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 I like picture you and I miss you. And I, I want to like, I, I feel like I'm in this fight with you and together we are doing our best to fight the good fight and to finish the race and to, to keep the faith. That's what we're trying to do as men. And I feel like I'm in this with you and I, and I've just missed you, man. I just feel like I want to like give you a hug, <laughs> uh, for 2018, man, I'm planning on, I'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag here a little bit, but I'll, I'll talk more about this later, but I I'm planning on doing one day dad tired conferences around the country while I'll come into a city and we'll just spend a whole day together talking about what it looks like to be the spiritual leader of our family practically, like um, both on a theological level, but also practically, what does that look like? That's my goal for 2018 is to uh, go around doing that and having those conversations with you. Um, and I say that because, man, I just want to like, this sounds like really lame and not manly at all, but I just like want to hug you. <laughs> I just want to like see you. We're in the fight together, man. And uh, I, I just want to like, I want to do this with you. I'm in it with you. And and as, as you know, if you've been listening for for a while. I'm stumbling through with you. I feel like I'm just the mascot for what it means to be dad tired. I'm not perfect by any means. I'm a broken dude. I'm trying to follow Jesus. I've been a pastor for a long time, but man, I'm broken and uh, I desperately need him and I need his grace. And uh, so anyway, I'm just, I'm anxious to be back with you. I'm excited to be back with you. And uh, I look forward to like actually seeing you hopefully next, this next year. Uh, so one of the trips that I took uh, in the last couple of months was to the Dominican Republic. I went there twice for work. We were filming a conference there. I mentioned that on one of the last podcasts that I recorded. So I was in the Dominican Republic and there was one day where we had a break from work and we were just sitting on the balcony, me and my buddy, we were sitting there and it was quiet. I didn't have like good cell phone, uh, internet reception and couldn't really get on my phone. It was just like quiet and being quiet is like, it's such a rare thing for us. If you, if you live like in America in 2017, now 2018, uh, to have like a moment of quiet is so rare. PS a little bit of ADD here, but PS, uh, the podcast is being listened to in 192 countries. So shout out to all of you who are listening all around the world right now. I love you. Thank you for listening. I pray that God is like 
chasing after your heart and he's doing crazy things in your family and your heart and your community. Uh, but thank you for listening around the world. Uh, but it, it, for us in America, it's like, it's loud and it's busy. I know it's, it's a, that's a true in a lot of places around the world, but as I've traveled, I found that to be especially true here. It's hard to like be quiet. And there's part of me that actually is like afraid of quiet. And I think this was probably true for most people and especially from most dudes like there's a sense that if we're quiet for too long or if we're silent we we don't know how to be in silence and silence is almost scary because we don't know what will come up or what will what will stir up within our soul what god would want to speak to us into the silence uh, or in the silence and it's and it's actually kind of a it can be a really terrifying and scary and really vulnerable thing i once had a lady tell me that uh, she, this was at my old church. She told me that whenever a car, whenever her car would start to make funny noises under the, under the hood and like dash lights would come on and she knew something was going wrong with the car. She would literally just turn up the radio to drown out the noise. Cause she thought if I don't hear it, then I don't have to deal with it, which she knew was like crazy. Like that, that doesn't fix the problem at all. It doesn't make it go away at all. You're literally just masking the problem. But she said it just mentally, if she could just like put noise over it, then she wouldn't have to deal with what was actually happening over the hood. And I feel like that's so true for us. Like when, when something is stirring in our souls, whether that's sin or addiction or hurt or pain or regret or unforgiveness or something stirring within our gut, uh, when we get silent, we might hear that start to creep up. And instead of like being silent and just letting it speak, uh, we turn up the noise. We like get on our phone or we jump on into some addiction or we drink another beer or have another shot or have a cigar, do a cigarette or like uh, look at porn or whatever you're going to do to somehow mask what the spirit is trying to stir up within you. And I think at the heart of that, at the heart of what's actually happening there is this feeling, this fear that if we're silent long enough, God is going to give us what we deserve. And it's the same thing that happened to Adam and Eve in the garden. The very first time they sinned, what did they do? They hid in the garden from God. They literally covered themselves behind the trees and the bushes and they hid from God. God had been with them and and part of them, they had been in this deep relationship together and all of a sudden they sin and now they're finding themselves hiding because they're afraid of what God might say and that God would give them what they deserve. And God does, he He gives them justice, like things that he doesn't just blow over things, but in the midst of that, in the midst of the very first sin, the greatest, like biggest monumental sinful moment in the history of the world, God's first words are, where are you? It's a highly relational question. God doesn't like shout. He doesn't just all of a sudden flood the earth, although that does come later in his justice. Uh, He doesn't jolt down with lightning. He doesn't kill them on the spot. God says, where are you? In his mercy and his grace and his highly relational character, God says, where are you? And here's the thing that that's true of all of scripture. God has a reputation of not giving people what they deserve. God still demonstrates his justice all throughout scripture and ultimately on Jesus. He pours all, his, all of his wrath on Jesus. He doesn't let sin go unpunished, but he doesn't give people what they actually deserve. Instead, he gives them what they don't deserve. He gives them grace. He gives them hope. 
And this is the crazy thing about the God we serve. He's like no other God in the history of the world. No other major world religion has a God like we do. The God of the Bible gives you what you don't deserve. He gives you grace. He gives you unmerited favor. Instead of crushing you, instead of in the silence yelling at you and mocking you or telling you how bad you are and telling you all the punishment that you deserve, instead in the silence, God gives you grace. He gives you mercy, unthinkable grace and mercy. He doesn't yell. He comes at you with his amazing kindness, his steadfast love, his radical mercy, his unthinkable grace is found in the silence. And so, bro, like the reason I say this, uh, in that moment, when I was in the Dominican Republic, it was silent. I was on my phone. I was trying to get on my phone. There's no internet. There was no noise that I could make. There was no radio to turn up to drown out the noise. And in that moment, I felt this sense of, I actually felt guilt like Adam and Eve. Shame started to creep up in the silence of my soul. And I started to feel like, man, why am I not more mature as a Christian? Why am I not more spiritually mature? I've been following God for a really long time. Since I was a child, I've been following God and yet I'm still like sinful and I'm still broken and I'm still immature in so many ways. I pictured myself as a child when I'm in my thirties, like as a mature man who's got his stuff together. And yet I still feel immature and I still feel like a boy doing like boyish childish things. And I was frustrated at myself and I was afraid of what God might say in the silence. And this is what I felt God was speaking to my soul in the silence, in this moment, when I couldn't distract it, when I couldn't turn up the radio, I felt like God was saying, I'm not surprised. I still love you. I knew you would be at this place when I saved you. Because here's the crazy thing. We think uh, we, we think very linear, like, man, we should be so far along. We should be more mature. Why don't we have our stuff together? Listen, God knew what he was getting himself into when he saved you. Think about that. God knew what he was getting himself into. He knew you would be a mess and yet he still saved you. God knew that you would be in your level of maturity that you are right now before he even saved you. Before he even drew your heart to himself, God knew you would be at this spot right now and he loves you. And in the silence, you don't find shame You don't find God yelling at you in that silence when your soul is actually quiet. You can actually find mercy. You can find love. You can find grace. You can find kindness. And here's the crazy thing. Romans 2, 4 says this, God's kindness is intended to lead you toward repentance. How good is that, man? God's kindness is intended to lead you toward repentance. His yelling doesn't lead you toward repentance. His shaming doesn't lead you towards repentance. His like anger doesn't lead you towards repentance. His kindness leads you toward repentance. So bro, in 2018, you can be quiet before God. You can be quiet right now, even in your fear of what might come up. In your gut, you might think, if I'm quiet, if I actually turn down the noise, if I turn off this podcast, if I turn off the uh, Facebook or social media or the blogs that I follow or uh, alcohol or porn or anything else, if I turn it off, there might be some stuff that deals up that I don't want to deal with. Let, bro, let me tell you, in the quiet, you'll find a God who's kind, who's steadfast, whose mercies do not end. 
Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says this, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. I'm sorry. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases and his mercy never comes to an end. They are new every single morning. Let me tell you that again. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every single morning. Dude, you can be silent before God and you're not going to have to deal with shame. God's going to be saying the same thing he said to Adam and Eve. Where are you? And in the midst of their sin, God gave them hope that he will punish sin, but his punishment won't be on you. It'll be on Jesus. And that's the good news. And so, dude, be quiet before the Lord. As you enter into 2018, you can be quiet. You can draw near to God without fear. And, it, and would his kindness, as you, as you come near to God and he says, search me with all your heart and you'll find me. As you start to find God, you can come near to God without fear because you're not going to find him yelling. You're going to find his kindness. And would his kindness lead you towards repentance? As you start to experience the God who is not yelling at you, but showing you unmerited grace, as you start to experience that God and come to know that God, would that God, would the love of that God motivate you to repent from your sin, to get rid of the things that so easily entangle you, to throw them off and to run towards Jesus and to start to become the man that God has desired you to be? God knew where you would be at this moment on January 1st or January whatever, or whenever you're listening to this podcast, God knew where you would be at this moment. He's not surprised by your spiritual maturity or lack thereof. God is not surprised. God knew what he was getting himself into the moment that he saved you. And he still decided to save you while you were still yet sinning. Christ chose to die for you. He knew exactly where you would be at this very moment. He's not surprised, but in his kindness and his love. He wants that to motivate you towards repentance to say, God, I'm sorry for chasing after things that I thought would satisfy me that don't. I'm sorry for chasing after like more work, or I'm sorry for putting my hope in my kids or my wife or sin or all these other things that I think will satisfy me that have left me wanting more. God, I'm sorry for that. Would you forgive me? And would you turn my heart back to you? God, in your kindness, would I come, would I be, would I repent? Would my soul give up control of trying to be God of my own life and what I serve you as God of my own life. And as you do that, as you encounter the kindness of God, that you would start to repent. And dude, I pray that 2018, and I'm not just saying this like churchy, fluffy talk, like, man, let's just like get you pumped up and say like fluffy Christian phrases that should be on a mug or you put on a poster. I'm not trying to do that at all. What I'm trying to do is point you to the kindness of Jesus. Like the way that I, even in the quietness in the Dominican Republic, as I hid behind my shame and fear, like Adam and Eve hid behind, I encountered a God who didn't yell at me, but who said, where are you? I want to be near to you. Experience my kindness and my grace instead of my wrath. I put my wrath on Jesus so I don't have to put it on you. Take it from that dude. And I can tell you that you can approach God with that, that same God who wants to give you his kindness because he's already poured out his wrath on Jesus. And he wants to instead give you grace. Like, dude, take it from me. You can approach God. He has a reputation of being near broken and messy people. And so I'm not trying to like give you fluffy statements, 
What I'm trying to tell you is, dude, you can have the best year of your life. And I don't mean that in like Joel Osteen nonsense. Like you can just get rich and wealthy and healthy. What I mean is you can have the best year of your life because you can surrender your life to a God who is kind and steadfast and merciful and As you encounter him, you'll repent from your sin, dude, and you can find new mercies that motivate you to break free from addiction. And in 2017, as you experience a new year, you can also experience a new mercy that motivates you to be a more engaged husband than you've ever been. As you experience new mercies in 2018, you can, it, it would motivate you to lead and to be near to your kids and to be the kind of dad that you haven't been yet. And as you experience this kindness and mercy in 2018, as it's a brand new today and it's brand new this year, like, listen, there's nothing, there's nothing crazy about a new year, right? There's all these new year's resolutions, which I'm I love goals. I love like chasing after new stuff, but whatever. It's just another day. Like today's the 31st. Tomorrow's the first. It's just another day. It's just another day of the week, blah, blah, blah. But a new year just for me reminds me of God's new start. Like he's always giving second chances. That's an amazing thing about our God. He's always giving second chances. And so for 2018, January one just means I'm reminded that I serve a God who gives second chances. And dude, his mercy is brand new this morning as it will be tomorrow morning because he knows you're going to keep screwing up, but he just keeps dishing out new mercy. It's the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. It's new every morning. And so it is new mercy motivate you to step outside of your apathy, to step outside of your bitterness towards God and towards the church and towards Christians. Would it motivate you to like step outside of brokenness and sin and all the stupid stuff you're chasing? And I'm not like saying that offensive. I'm, just, I'm saying that like, Dude, I know the stupid things that I chase to give me joy. And bro, I know you're probably chasing stupid things because <laughs> we're all broken, messy, sinful dudes. And you're probably chasing stupid things to give you hope and joy. And and that could be like your job or a car or stuff or an iPhone or your wife or your kids. And those things aren't stupid, but it's stupid to put hope in them that should be placed in Jesus. That's what's stupid. It's to, to try to make something a God that just shouldn't be a God. Um, that's stupid thinking. And, and so, dude, I'm just like, uh, his mercy is brand new in 2018. And I really believe you can have a year that you've never had, not because I feel weird saying that. I feel so Joel Osteen saying that. I don't mean it like that. I don't mean like you're going to have the most successful, prosperous, healthy year. This might be the hardest year you've ever had. But listen, you can find Jesus in ways you've never have. Because you can step out from be hiding behind the bush. Like you, you can come out from behind the branches and behind the trees and, and come near to a God who's not going to yell at you. But in the silence is going to show his kindness and his kindness will lead you towards repentance and your repentance. A humble, repentant heart will lead you to be a more engaged dad, a more engaged husband, a friend, a disciple, a missionary, uh, more than you've ever done in your life. So I mean, dude, I, I pray that this would be the best year of your life, not because you pulled yourself up like by your bootstraps and you worked harder than you've ever worked. I, I don't care about that. I pray this year would be your best year of your life because you understand that God isn't like anyone else in your life. He's not like your boss. He's not like your dad. He's not like your wife. He's set apart. There's no one like him. He's ready and willing to show you mercy. He's more gracious and merciful than anyone you will ever encounter. 
He knows exactly where you are in your spiritual maturity, and he loves you fully in this moment right now. God cannot love you any more than he loves you right now. And he wants to walk with you as you continue to grow in his love and in his grace. Bro, I love you. I am fired up for 2018. Again, not because of, like I've got a cool to-do list or bucket list. Who cares about that stuff? I'm fired up because the Lord is reminding me of the gospel, his good news, that I deserve wrath. I deserve his justice. I deserve to be punished for my sin. And instead of God pouring that out on me and giving me what I deserve, he poured it out on his son, Jesus. And instead, I get his tenderness. I get his grace. I get his love and I get his kindness. And I'm not kidding when I say that as I'm falling, as I'm, as I'm learning that and as I'm being reminded of God's character, I'm falling more in love with him. And it really is leading me towards repentance to say, God, I'm sorry for the dumb stuff I'm chasing, the stuff I've put up on the throne that only belongs to you. I've been repenting of sin the things that, I, that I'm just so badly chasing for identity and for hope. And I'm saying, God, I don't want to serve anything. I don't want anything else to be my God. I don't want to be the God of my life. I don't want anything else to be the God of my life. Jesus, I want you to be the God of my life because you're the best God. Everything else sucks at being God. And I'm sorry for making other things like it. And man, I'm finding God, even in, uh, we haven't even started 2018, but in the last week, couple weeks, man, I'm just, I'm like, I'm falling in love with God again. I, I had a mentor tell me once that I, I was going through this really like rough season in, in my life and just like, just felt like really spiritually dry. I know that's a really Christianese term, but just like in a spiritually dry place. And I was like, I, I was like trying to process it and dig it all out and figure out what is it that's going on. And he said, he said, Jared, you're just a log outside of the fire. Like, it's not that complicated. If a log is in a fire, it's on fire and you take the log outside of the fire and it like burns out, but you put the log back in the fire, it starts to burn again. It's really not that complicated. You're just outside the fire. He said, you just need to jump back in. And man, that's just like meant being around other believers who were serious about Jesus. That meant like diving back into his word. I think it's Psalm one that says like a man who's, I'm going to butcher the phrase here, but a man who's uh, constantly in God's word is like a tree planted near the streams and it's healthy. And when you take that guy and you put him outside, I've, I did a podcast on this called dead trees. You, you take that tree and you move it away from the water. It dies. You put it back near the water and it lives. Like it's not that complicated stuff, dude. Like, are you near the water? Are you in the fire? I know that's kind of like the contradictory there, but like, are you in? You're probably just out and you just need to like get back in, like start reading God's word again, start praying again, start being around people who are actually not like just traditional fluffy Christians, but like people who actually love Jesus and who have surrendered their life to following Jesus. Like just go be around them, get back in the fire, start drinking the water, man. I love you. I could ramble for a long time because I'm pumped up. I love you. 
I'm so grateful that you listen to this podcast. I've got some awesome, I'm not just saying this, some really good guests lined up for even this month and the next few months. Uh, thank you for listening. We're back. Tell your friends, text one of your friends right now and just say, Hey, you should probably listen to dad tired podcast. And I just say that so we can get more guys in this community. Let's like go nuts. Let's like, let's have thousands and thousands of guys who are serious about following Jesus and leading their family. Well, I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Later.